happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys, Adele and the Baker, back at you with another Scarf Life podcast. Baker, homie, how you doing? Yo, what's up, man? Look at us mastering the art of the uh, the intro music, even when we're not in the same room. Man, I wouldn't go as far as mastering. Right, we got to see what it sounds like when we export it. Well, we continue to... We're masters of amateurism. Yeah, man. You know, it, it's only bad if you have expectations. Oh, so, we have expectations. They're I, just way down there. Listen, man, we're not quite on the level of like GM interviews or any of that. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Just You know what I'm saying? Leading right off with that, huh? Uh, yeah. All right, Baker. Mm-hmm. We have an exciting episode for these folks here. It's going to be fun. Is that what that is? You know what the best part is? You know all the deeds, and I know very few. Yeah, you know I mean that's why that is because that's business as usual. You don't know, you're extremely yeah, uninformed. All right, tell these folks what we're gonna talk about. Then we'll talk about it. Then we'll tell them what we told them. I feel like you think you're more clever than you are, and and just and some you're gonna want to address. Work on. Yeah. Should we have should we have a podcast about that? Let's have a podcast about things you think you know. By so, the way, may I, may I tell these folks? What what do you want to tell these folks? As we were like making our audio settings work, just mm-hmm. restarting this here, baby. We cracked open a couple of brewskis. Now, you know me, I'm mm-hmm. a basic dude. Yeah. I like champagne. As a result, I went with the champagne of beers Miller Miller High Life. But you cracked open some super fancy thing, man. What you drinking? Yeah, I, I mean, actually, this this leads into I, I think a bigger talking point that I assumed we would have addressed in this podcast a lot earlier that we never actually did. Um, so the reason you and I aren't recording in person anymore is partially due to COVID, at least initially, um, but. More recently, as of late, it's I made the poor life choice of leaving the state of Utah as my uh, primary residence. Look, leaving the state of Utah is a poor choice on its own. Exactly. But then there are levels depending on where you where go. you go. Yeah, yeah. So I'm deep, deep in Flounders country. Yeah, like the stadiums down the street, basically, is how I look at it. Um, but one of the very positive consequences of what's overall been you know a lifestyle change to say the least is that now i have access and when i say access i mean like relatively easy access i don't have to go to like a state-run institution to get pretty good beer pretty regularly Mm -hmm. um so right now i went ahead and i pooped a popped (laughs) pooped i uh popped you the, pooped you pooped one all right i pooped yeah i popped the top on old school house breweries hooligan stout uh would recommend it, it's a thick one it's a thick girl um i'm gonna have to chew this beer through mm-hmm. the rest of the rest of the podcast and i apologize for that rsl nation if you hear well, me well the good thing is you're getting a beer and dinner at the same time like you don't gotta mix these things having said that that's like saying, hey, man, listen, I live just down the street from the devil himself, hell itself. 
but I got good beer. It's a close call is what I'm saying. It's a close call over here. <laughs> almost worth it. Almost. Almost it, worth it. The one fantastic thing about driving by the stadium semi-regularly, the stadium being CenturyLink Field, is the, that... the, the, the what, What's their name? Um, Seattle... Seahawks? Seahawks Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love me the Seahawks. Like, it, it's great to have a reason to have root for an NFL team now. But the, the more importantly, house. more importantly... That stadium is where RSL won their championship. That's right. I think sometimes people forget about that. This was back in the neutral third third venue days. Yeah, against David Beckham and uh, the Land FC Hollywood. Yeah, the, the Landon Donovan MVP Award Club. <laughs> the whole nine yards, man. Everyone was there. I will. I will always remember that field as the beating we got the one year we traveled up there. That was terrible. Still a good trip. All right, let's get right into this baby right here, okay? A um, couple of things we'll talk about, man. We'll cover the Royals move out of Salt Lake City, which is really bad. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about some of the um, um, comments made by multiple people that RSL is staying here, not going anywhere, yada, yada, yada. We'll get into some free agents, um, the DLH investigation, and uh, we'll, we'll just cover a little bit of the standard MLS Cup stuff that's been happening. It's been a crazy few days in the MLS, man. It's awesome. So let's kick it right off. Let's do it. The, the Royals, Royals, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. They're leaving. I, they left is how I view it. Like, they're they're gone. No, they're literally gone like this is not like a maybe whatever it could happen no no it's, it's, yeah it's official they are yeah. they're they're packed up everyone wrote their goodbye letters and uh they will be calling kansas city home now which is listen, insane and i have i have many thoughts here right some some of the thoughts like they just go into some of the larger items or ticket items at hand we talked last week about if we have to lose the Royals or anyone else in order to be able to increase our chances of keeping Real Salt Lake in Salt Lake or Sandy or Utah, anywhere, it's worth it. Right. I didn't think it was going to happen that quickly, first of all, right? <laughs> right. Secondly, the Royals, if I remember the numbers correctly, were like the top one of the top three attendant or attendance right. setters in the NW, uh, NWSL, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, on average, like if you just look at average attendance, this is the, all of these numbers are obviously pre-COVID. They're actually number two, like consistently. Um, the only place that has a better NWSL attendance is uh, Portland, uh, the Portland Thorns. Portland, yeah, um, that's the only NWSL team that is better the thorn, attended. No, the the, the Thornerbakers. Thornerbakers. That's what they're that called. Is, that is better atten attended over the course of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like the Royals are playing in a massive stadium. They're not, you know, playing in some like secondary field or they're not playing out in Harriman. They're, you know, like they've got a proper stadium. They, they play in the same facilities With that. Brass. With yeah, grass. With grass, with, you know, it it's it doesn't fill 20,000, but if they wanted to, they've got seats for 20,000 fans. 
Um, they got a ton of support in the community. Um, I, I think if we're going to be honest, like I know this isn't really a popular move these days, but at least initially, Deloitte Hansen supported that club very, very, very well. Um, the the uh, women's team got like a dedicated locker room that was like their own separate thing. They weren't sharing locker rooms with, with the men's team. Um, all in all, it was a really well-supported supported franchise that that so I, I gotta be straight up here like I went to two Royals games the first ever one and then like one in the middle of the year I, I think I'm experiencing like the classic case of you don't really know what you have or you don't really appreciate what you have until it's taken away from you and yeah man it it just sucks I don't know how what other way to to phrase that yeah, it sucks. It, it, I mean, that's the best way to phrase it. How else could you phrase it? It sucks. All right, the team moved away. And, and it, it makes me question some much larger things. Like, yeah, I mean, is, I, is I think... everything done for the sake of business? Why would you take away? Why, why would you move out right. one of the most watched and attended clubs in the NWSL? It yeah, just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and and I think when you when you compare, you know, like if they were moving somewhere where they can anticipate even more support, like I think I I would understand it. But let's be really really clear, they're currently moving to a place where they don't know where they're like what stadium well, they're going to play in is up for debate. They're moving where they came from. Well, no, they're no, not. No, they, not they, under they, the same umbrella, right? But even the same stadium is currently. It, it it was a high school stadium where that team originally played in before the Lloyd Hansen bought that franchise. So the Kansas and, City Stadium. Well, no, because once again, oh, where, where SKC plays—that's a high school stadium. I thought. <laughs> at least based let's, on the let's I be saw. really clear. I hate Kansas City, but that that game day atmosphere is definitely one I'm hoping to experience firsthand one of these days. No, oh, I'm 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 just hoping to experience the end of it after we beat them. Anyways, uh, all right. So they're moving back to Kansas City, right? With with, with a completely mm, uncertain future, right? Right. Into, well, they're not going into an organization, but into a city that has a professional organization that is not really welcoming them. That doesn't make any sense to me. Well, whatever. Right. I mean, I think that's a bit reductionary. The way the way the conversation is being framed on Twitter, it's that Kansas SKC has actually been very like nice and offered support. They just don't want a third team playing on that field because right now it's also the stadium where their uh, USL affiliate plays, the Swope Park Rangers. So they're they're saying, "Hey, welcome! You know, this is a great soccer city." And let's be clear, Kansas is actually a pretty cool soccer city. It's just they refuse to share that stadium with the uh, new NWSL team, right? Which well, all, which is all crazy. They, all they have to do is uh, stop breeding cattle on that stadium, as they do, and boom, there you go. One group of people or animals less on the stadium. Uh, I have no love for Kansas City, and I hate them even more now that they took our Royals. As you said, man, you went to two games. I think I went to two or three games. I watched them on TV a bunch. I hate that we lost them. I loved having the luxury of having them in the city. As I said last week, and again, not a popular opinion here, 
I'll lose them in a heartbeat if it improves the chances of keeping RSL in Salt Lake. There, I said it. Yeah, I mean, I, and, and we went over this. I think I used the analogy of if, like, it's an animal that's trapped and it gnaws off its own arm to get out of the trap. Yeah. Um, but but I also think it's, you know, as as news has kind of come out about the move and, you know, NW, the, the league's essentially involvement, I, I think there was this realization, and then, you know, this will probably be a good transition, but there was this realization that, you know, Deloitte Hansen isn't going to sell Utah soccer holdings as a whole to anybody. Um, and that the league, yeah, not, the not league in this case, billion dollars, right? Right. The league in this case being major league soccer was, was going to get involved and, you know, kind of take over the, the club. I, I think, and the, you know, there was a, there was a somewhat real possibility of the Royals just folding. Like, let's be honest, there are reports of them not having a budget to buy uniforms with because mm-hmm. no one was signing the checks. So I think the, you know, the NWSL was kind of in panic mode. And, and you know, let's, let's, be, let's be really clear. There have been a few women's soccer leagues in the United States that have folded not, not that long ago, like pretty no. recently in the greater scheme of his, historical context. So I think the NWSL is extremely aware of of the of what that kind of you know should the royals have folded what the perception there would have been and i think that was their primary concern and that's why they were looking for a buyer to take over that club like immediately and so so Mm -hmm. i you know that sale feels less like hey here's the impact it has on utah soccer holdings llc or the impact it has on rsl sales and more of the NWSL doing what's absolutely in the best interest of the NWSL. Can I ask an unpopular question? I mean, I'd prefer you didn't, but I'm sure you will. We're going to talk in a little bit about DLH investigation and what facts we're expecting to come out next week. Okay. In the meantime, can we take a moment to appreciate the fact that he brought a woman's team one of the more successful, at least on the field and off the field. No, let's be, let's be real clear. They were a tire fire on the field. The second year had a decent, they had one decent year. I mean, they never, they never played up to their full potential. Well, okay. But he brought us a professional women's team. He did. Do you think, I mean, would that have happened without him? Despite um, all the other things that have happened, despite all the other allegations, and again, we'll find out some research or investigation questions in a little bit. The dude did deliver. Yeah, I mean, you know, he he brought us a like a, a, a he brought the Royals like that that happened. There's no literally you know, denying that. Um, bought them and brought them over. Right. It, it's. Let me be really clear. I think in the longer, in in the greater scheme of of soccer in Utah, and when I say greater scheme, I literally mean like twenty plus years. In in the long term, I think the sport in Utah, once again, long term, will be better off for not having the Lohansen involved anymore. I th- 
that being said, I think he was absolute, and his resources were absolutely paramount in growing the sport. Like, like that's, we were at a stage where we needed some of those real estate investments. We were in a stage where somebody had to pay for the academy and that awesome facility out in Harriman with five massive training fields. Like, like that required substantial resources that he was prepared to put in. And like for that, I'm grateful. But it also doesn't absolve him of every sin he's ever committed. I well, think like yeah. like a lot of like a lot of like like a lot of controversial issues in this day and age, there are very many shades of gray that very few people are actually prepared to discuss. Like ultimately I don't think that Deloy Hansen is necessarily a net bad for the organization. Like we got good things because of him. But I also think that for the sport to grow to the next level, we now need to rid ourselves of him. All right. We'll get into the DLH investigation in just a second. Let's get into the very next talking point we're going to talk about here, which is the brand awesome spanking great news that RSL is staying in Salt Lake City. Let me refresh. So, so before, before we move on from the Royals, there is one bit of news that came out that I think is kind of important to put into context. And it's basically this We're talking about other cities teams now but yeah go ahead yeah this whole uh 2023 thing yeah. oh then coming back all right yeah yeah so so basically there's this it's essentially a clause where you know i, I think in the headline the summary version of it everyone's convinced the royals are just coming back in 2023 or and this is just some temporary you know stopgap and and really what it is it's that Deloitte Hansen, and, and really it's Utah Soccer Holdings LLC or whatever it's called, has the right to purchase a franchise from the NWSL at a guaranteed price. So this is essentially the, the value that Deloitte Hansen is allowed to retain from the sale of the Royals, is that now he gets to sell as, as part of this soccer package essentially the right to buy a franchise. So it, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that the Royals are coming back, but just that whoever the new owner or owners are will have the option to buy a franchise in 2023. I think it's our jobs as fans to make sure that that happens and to ask about the Royals as soon as we have a person to be asking. Well, the Royals or a and WSL team, right? We, we don't have to take back the Royals. So the branding and stuff, you they would all hold on to, which I, I think would be, yeah. It, it would be the Royals, but it wouldn't be like whoever is the Kansas team. Exactly. Right. Yeah, so th th there's there's hope. Th this is all provided or providing that the rest of the franchise <laughs> and team and the organization stays here, right? Which, you know, it's a good deal. Sounds like a good deal because these days these uh, franchise licenses seem to be very difficult to come by, which then leads us into the RSL statements of late. Right. I think as of last week, what did I say? I am 95% sure RSL is not going anywhere. Yeah. I am now 93% sure <laughs> that RSL is not going anywhere. As, as, as news came out that should strengthen it, 
it actually weakened it? Well, it's not the news that came out. It is who made the news right. that came right. out. So, Don so Garber, tell the people what you're alluding to. Well, the MLS commission, Don Garber, made a statement, I want to say, earlier this week, a couple of days ago. Correct. State of the... State of the league. League. And there were a lot of statements within that statement. But one of the statements was that. A paraphrase. It'd be there a lot cooler no, if you quoted directly. There are no plans to move RSL out of Salt Lake or Utah. Yeah. End of quote. Yeah. I remember when you sent me that headline. Now, two things. I went through some of my reasoning and, and, and statements last week. The, the, the league being what it is right now, with many of the big sexy cities they wanted, that wanted clubs already having clubs, in addition to that, the fact that what did we come up with it was going to be 30 clubs, I think, in the next couple of years. Yep. I think the league is going towards 32 or 34, right? They want to match, I think, about what the NBA is doing right now or close to that, which kind of makes sense. And so comparing that number of what I think are still outstanding franchise licenses that can be given out to the cities who actually want them, deserve them, can actually support them. And then considering the fact that Salt Lake City already has a fan base, has a followership, has a championship, right? Which comes with its own fan base and has all of the infrastructure. Keeping in mind your talking points about you can keep some of the infrastructure and move the major club elsewhere, right? You can keep the academy and the monarchs, for example, and move the rest of the club somewhere else. I understand right. that. But remember, someone else has to, first of all, pay hundreds of millions of dollars for the license, then $100 million for a stadium, and then spend years trying to recruit a fan base. Sure. Or you can just skip all those steps. You can give that city one of the probably two to four still-to-come franchise tags or licenses right? and keep the team where it is. Moving the team from an objective perspective suddenly seems like a much, much larger undertaking than previously thought, even to something like the city of Las Vegas, right? Because you could just give them a new license. Because again, sure, going a off new the franchise, pack, yeah, there will be more franchise licenses coming out. So right. wouldn't that be easier? So, anyways, that's the long story. Longer, that was already my reasoning. Sure, Don Garber saying anything like that literally does next to nothing for me personally. Right, right. It's good to hear anything. We haven't heard anything in such a damn long time. Any news is welcome news at this point. I just want to know what's happening. Right. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate him saying that. doesn't mean anything to me other than he seems like a snake old salesman, right? Sure. So now I'm like, crap. Now I'm suspicious. Is actually something happening behind the scenes? Right. Yeah, as, as far as like commissioners of you know sports leagues go he's not what i consider a very trustworthy one um you know to your every, point every is their commissioner but man this dude 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's. Uh, I think he represents a league that, in my mind, isn't afraid of bad publicity. Um, you know, especially for extended periods of time. Like, let, let's be really clear. The reason um, Columbus saved Columbus wasn't because it wasn't because a bunch of people like signed petitions and stuff. I mean, that stuff definitely helps, but it's because a group of owners came together and had the money to buy the club. That there there was a scenario. Keep this in mind. If you're Major League Soccer, the way the whole Columbus thing went down is you got to keep a team ex- exactly where you wanted it and it's going to continue generating revenue for you. Plus now you had somebody else buy a franchise license and pay that franchise fee in Austin. So like from the league's strictly num- like dollars and cents perspective, that was a net positive. Um, I think about the Pacific Northwest and the, you know, the Iron Legion flag debacle and how that essentially just went on for half a year of really bad national, you know, publicity. Um, this is a league and a commissioner that don't mind being the bad guy. Like they're mm-hmm. very comfortable with it. And I think they know that they can get away with some stuff. So, you know, him saying that him being Don Garber saying that, you know, they have no intention or no plan to move the franchise. It, it, it's nice to hear that, but it's also like, you know, I, I don't trust the guy f- for anything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it having it's... said or oh, listen to all of that, specifically the um, Austin one. Right. I have three words for you. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. It it definitely does help having uh, Matt McConaughey, uh, the face the face of the new club makes it yeah. more palatable. Um, look, it's gonna be look, I. 95% chance I think still think that the club is staying here. Right. 100% chance, my mind, the club is here next year. 95% chance the club is here five years from now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. There's no way they're moving next year. Right. I, I get what you're, you're saying. The, the, the type of thing where somebody buys it with the expectation that in four or five years, I'm going to be doing this thing that I want to do anyway, and I know I can't get away with it right now. Uh, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see who buys them. And- sure, I I do think it's important to point out though that if you're the league, there is definitely if you're going to keep them in Utah, there is a minimum number that you have to hit, because otherwise, it can devalue your two hundred, three hundred, four hundred million dollar fees. Right? Oh, you mean as far as selling them? As far as selling the club, like you can't sell at it. So you have to find a buyer. If you're going to keep them in Utah, that is prepared to pay more than what a brand new fee would cost. Because otherwise, now you've said, hey, our franchise fees are actually overvalued. Mm, that doesn't make any sense to me. So you want someone to pay more money for the license to a club that's already established. Wait a second. I just talked myself off my own talking point. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, like, think yeah. about it. Yeah. Like you, you, you can't sell this thing for less than what you sold the last fee for. 
which is like two hundred million dollars, isn't it? Right, which is like a healthy chunk of money. Like, let's be let's be straight up. You have to find the buyer in if you're going to keep them in Utah. If you're going to keep that promise, you have to find somebody prepared to pay more than whatever you sold the last fee for. Well, I would say that someone should pay the exact fair market value amount for the license to be uh, to have an MLS franchise, and then everything else is a bonus. That's an extra, right? That's what DLH, DLH makes his money probably on the license. I don't know what he paid for it originally, but I know they go for about 200 mil these days. And there's a stadium, then there are all the, you know, the players and the contracts and all the rights, all the real estate around it. I, I can see how this deal easily gets up to close to a half billion dollars without some crazy profit. I mean, that stadium alone is what, 100 mil? Close to $100 million? That, that franchise license is at least a couple of hundred million dollars. Right. And that's without the rest of the business around it, right? Sure. sure. But, and I think this is why I bring this up as an important, you have to find, like, all it is really worth at the end of the day is what somebody is willing to pay for it. Yeah, business 101. So if, you know, Ryan from Qualitrix isn't prepared to pay $500 million, which it doesn't sound like he is, then it's no longer worth $500 million to him. Right. And this sorry. Right. And, and I think that's the part that still worries me. Let me it's ask you comp- a question. So let me ask you a very direct question. Don't talk, don't talk to me about what worries you mm-hmm. unless you're going to talk about it in a larger sense, stance uh, or sense and take a stance. Do you think RSL will be in Salt Lake City, i.e. Sandy, five years from now? I think the likelihood is for yes. I, I think more likely yes than no. But if you asked me that five years ago, it like the percentage of it happening would be like 1% of, of them leaving, right? Like it, it would be unheard of. Now the likelihood of them leaving as a percentage is high enough that I'm worried about it, right? It, it's no, it's, it's, no, it's, what's high it, enough? What's high enough? I, give I, I, th- I think there's a one in four chance. I think there's 25% chance that we no longer have a club in Sandy, Utah that plays in the major league of the United States in five years. I okay. honestly believe that. I 75%. think if some, yeah, I, that, that's high enough and for me not, to be worried. And, and just so you know, so we're clear, you, you're not doing like a loophole BS here. We're like, oh, we moved the stadium downtown Salt Lake. No, right. no, no, no. Like bad news. I think there's a, not even bad news, catastrophic, soul-crushing, I've died inside news. Uh, so, so no, no loophole of like, oh, yeah, they moved the team to downtown Salt Lake or, you know, to no longer driving distance of Mill Creek, Utah. Let's leave it like that. Outside of Utah is what you're saying. Okay. Yes, yes. Like they have moved okay. the club to a different city. I think there's a one in four chance that that happens. In I think we will know a lot more in the next couple of months, right? When, once we see what actually happens. Was it January 8th? The deadline so, yeah. Jan- sell it. Yeah. Dolo Hansen has until January 8th, January 8th to sell the franchise. Um, I did think that the comment about, you know, Don Garber saying that the league would take over the club in the next 30 days was kind of interesting. Um, in my mind, I envisioned the league taking over, you know, January 9th, they're taking over the sale process. But the way he phrased that, 
I can kind of envision this weird like Chivas-esque thing where the league, be, like if they can't find a buyer and if they're having a hard time, I could see a scenario where we become, quote unquote, the league's team, which that's worst case scenario for me. Like that's like we go through the 2021 season with the checks being signed by Major League Soccer. Hey, at least we can never complain about the refs being bought off by someone else ever again. <laughs> right. If, if we don't win the MLS Cup in that year, we never will. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens there. Well, I still think they're staying. I think it's 95% chance. But what happens between now and, say, mid-January will tilt me towards whether it's 99 or 59, right? Um, I'm still very confident personally. Comfortable with the situation. Well, I'm not comfortable with the situation, but considering the entirety of the situation within the United States and Major League Soccer, where it's going in our current reality, which in part we are in, in part again thanks to DLH with the academy and the extra teams and the, you know all these different things, I'm very confident the team is not going anywhere. All right. Speaking of DLH, let's move on. Right to the, we to heard the recently, second half of the Don Garber statement. We heard recently from the Garber himself that the investigation, which the MLS has uh, launched and in the meantime completed, the findings of this investigation will be released and sounded to me like it's going to be up public release right after MLS Cup, which is this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the language in the direct quote was DLH findings announced after MLS Cup. So yeah, the, I, I think the fact that they are making a quote unquote announcement is probably indicative of the fact that there is, you know, some public aspect to all this. I think how detailed it's going to be um, is still, you know, obviously to be decided or, or to be found out, really. Um, well, I forgot, first of all, that they were investigating. Really? Yeah. You forgot I, that I thought... there was this massive investigation taking place? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, I, that, I thought that how? how? Because... You know, I have a life and COVID and all these <laughs> other different things. <laughs> That's how. And to me, it was a done deal. Like, the dude already said he's selling. He decided to sell. Like, I don't understand what the upside of releasing this investigation, what the findings of, of this investigation are, other than for idiots like you and I who have an internet connection, a couple of mics, so that we have something to talk about. Right. I mean, if he's already decided to sell, unless there are criminal investigations, even then I wouldn't care. Like, I would care about the owner of the club I love, but some dude who owned it for a while, I wouldn't care. All right. right. Well, so. And, and first of all, so, and most importantly, like, I just thought it was a done deal. Like, okay, he's done. He, he basically, in my mind, said guilty or right. I don't care. Right. Yeah. And I'm out of here. Yeah. People that, didn't do anything wrong will very rarely just be like, yeah, okay, cool. 
let me just sell all of my, you know, holdings in, in this related category. You know, like it's not like he had plans to sell anyway, you know, as far as we know. Um, I do think if there was a criminal component, I, I mean, I'm, I obviously don't know, you know, I'm not a lawyer by any stretch of the imagination, but I would imagine that if there was a criminal component, the league would have had to, you know, have actual authorities like like involved, like right. police and stuff. So I think we probably would have heard about, you know, police involvement or, or you know, him being taken to court or anything by the state if there was a criminal component. Um, that being said, I, I, I recognize why the league has to, you know, has to make this announcement and why they got to put it out there. It's, you know, I think there's some crazy stuff coming down the pipeline, i.e. ownership and stuff, and that you have to, you, you kind of got to be overly transparent and stuff like this. Like you can't have these kind of things and, you know, discoveries going down behind closed doors. Like you got to let people know what's up. And I'm, I'm cool with that because I'm, I'm hoping it'll let, if nothing else, it can provide the average RSL fan with a little bit of closure. It, it's it's kind of like the Petkey lawsuit. Like once it was like done and dusted, like for better or worse, that chapter in our history was over with. And, th and that counts for something. Uh-huh. In, in my opinion, at least. Well, it, well, yes. And also, I mean, they made a statement that's coming out. And just because I forgot, just because I forgot that this was still happening. To clarify, I didn't forget what he did or was accused of doing, etc. Right? I just it was done and dusted. Like I didn't care anymore. It's a done deal. So that that's why I forgot about this investigation coming out. Having said that, I know you and I have disagreed on whether the league and the fan base is handling this correctly. Anyways, right? I would love, yeah, I'm looking forward to what this investigation will reveal. Right. Now, do I, I think he knows what the investigation has. Did that have something to do with the selling of, of the Royals? Right. My mind starts wandering there. Right. Like, does that have something to do? Could that impact the price he can charge for RSL? Now, I'm thinking through all these scenarios in my mind. I have a feeling that between now, which is, what is it, Wednesday night of this week, and like Sunday morning, something major might happen in the world of RSL. Breaking news right here. Adele projects... RSL will be sold before the MLS Cup final whistle is blown. Really? Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, so this Saturday, at I'm giving it less than 51% chance, but there's a really good chance still. Like, you give me three to one odds, I would put money that RSL sale will be final before the final whistle of the MLS Club, a cup. Will be Whoa. final. So you're talking like press releases, everything signed. No, 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 okay. no. They, okay, they wouldn't do that. They would not do that to. Okay, you're talking like Twitter, like it, like no, we've I'm, got a I'm, name. No, I'm talking mm -hmm. when they release the findings 
of the DLH investigation. Right. They will also reveal that the club has been sold. Oh. But they will have been sold before the final whistle <laughs> was blown at the MLS Cup final. So you're saying, okay, just to make sure I'm understanding this correctly, somebody has already bought the club. Between and that, now and Saturday. But we won't know about it until... It will not be official from the MLS until like the morning after. Okay, so the morning after is a Sunday. I mm-hmm. don't think they're going to announce anything on a Sunday. I could see them making an announcement on... I feel like they want to address a Monday, a Monday. Yeah, I. They they want to. They don't want to overshadow the MLS Cup. Right. Right. Or they found some like really messed up stuff, and That's they don't I mean. want everyone hating on the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I think it goes hand in hand. They might have found out some messed up stuff. DLH, being a pretty smart businessman, and knows that when that stuff gets into the public eye, oh, it's gonna like cost them. It's going to cost them. And that, right? that's going to force the sale. Exactly. Oh, so I hadn't now, thought of that. Yeah. So now he's thinking, crap, <laughs> I got to rush and sell. Time to take that discount, baby. Yeah. Now, this, yeah. this is assuming something bad was discovered in those investigations. R- right. Right. And yeah. Okay. That, now, let me ask you a different That's really question. fair. That's really, I hadn't thought of that. That's question. a good point. If I'm him, I would do that. Right. Right. He's clearly shown a lack of self-awareness. Yeah, but not in business, right? Okay. You don't go. He's a self-made billionaire, right? You don't. That, that, that's not accidental, right? He's not a Mitt Romney who was born rich, or you know, some of the other dudes out here, that the whatever the Hansons, the but self-made billionaire. He he knows business if nothing else. Now let me ask you, let me ask you, let me approach this exact same thing from a totally different perspective and ask you a different question. Right. What if this investigation reveals, eh, didn't really do anything wrong. Kind of an asshole. We all knew he is. Sure. But not a racist pig, not a sexist, you know. I mean. None of that. And by I, the way, right. I'm not saying like there weren't in his whatever, 60 something years of life, a couple of people who are going to accuse him of certain things. But like demonstrable, demonstrable sexism, racism, whatever, being mm-hmm. a pig. Right. What happens then? I mean, I still think, first of all, let me be really, really clear. I definitely think that that what you're describing is basically impossible. Like enough different people have said the same have, have told stories that have very similar themes involving Glory Hansen that I don't think it's like made up. And I don't think it's like a count of onesie, twosie people. It It's pretty like our organization has some pretty not awesome human beings in charge of some pretty important things. Like to me, that's cultural. Like that, that is, that is systemic. It, it is, it is by choice and by design. So this right. scenario that you're describing of like, oh, there's going to be like one or two stories of him just being a big, as you put it, asshole, but like no actual like serious fault, I, I think is base- the way you put like, I am 100% certain that RSL is playing in Salt Lake next year. I am 100% certain that 
whatever the league finds is going to be really messed up stuff. Like, I think more so than what's already been made public. Because to your earlier point, if he if he was this innocent dude that was just like, you know, old grandpa type and he's been misunderstood his entire life, he wouldn't have sold the Royals. He wouldn't be selling, you know, people with clean conscience consciences that haven't done anything don't respond the way he's been responding. Mm-hmm. That that's a fact. But what if? But what if? Yeah, then I think as RSL Nation, we, you know, I would probably feel like I would have an apology. I I would hope that, you know, he didn't have to sell the club. I, I you know, I, I don't know. It, it's such an unlikely scenario that I haven't prepared for it. Uh, let, let me put it like that. What you're not describing is basically like, what if pigs flew tomorrow? Like, I'm just not ready for that world. There, there's yeah, my answer. Let's see, let's see what happens. Uh, within less than a week, I feel like we will have a lot of answers or a lot more questions one or the other and i have a feeling it might be a combination of the two i do fully i feel pretty again less than 51 percent confident that by the time we talk sit here and talk next week we will have a new owner and it might be announced again like 49 percent confidence man maybe like 39 percent, but high enough to the point where like yeah i Sure. There's that feeling. It's, it's worth bringing up. Yes. Yeah. I, I I think to your other point about the whole, you know, like what if nothing was found? We we wouldn't it, we wouldn't be here months after the fact waiting for the MLS Cup to end if Monday was just going to be like, you know, four hundred word press release about like oh yeah everything's fine we didn't find anything on the guy yeah. like that's you know that's not going to happen. Yeah. And I think you know that. And the MLS. I, yes, I do. Um, and the MLS. I mean, the MLS doesn't have to be careful because they made a pretty strong move when they got these allegations, right? Um, so they can't just willy-nilly be A, B, or C. You know what I mean? Let's see what happens. Anyways, let's move on. I have a feeling we'll talk a lot more about DLH and the ownership changes over the next little while. What's next on our agenda here? Some some free agents discussions. Yeah. So now, now we now as a collective we are hundred percent sure the club is staying here next year, and uh, there are quote unquote no plans that they're moving out anytime soon. Right. Plans, and in my opinion, I'm very confident at ninety five percent. You are at seventy five percent that the club will be here five years from now. So between the two of us, there's a pretty decent average of confidence the club is staying here. Right. <laughs> sure. So let's talk about it as if it's definitely staying here. Yeah, I mean, what's happening in the free agent market these at, days? At some point in 2021, we are going to have to actually play some pretty good teams in soccer and in, in footy. Um, I don't think we're getting DP help anytime soon. I don't think we're going to make amazing signings from abroad that are going to be total game changers. Um, I actually think we're going to be a worse team in 2021 than we were in 2020. But we do have to, you know, at least the front office has to go through like the motions of pretending like they're capable of putting together a competitive team at this point. Um, and, and some of that stems from the fact that free agency is also like a week and change out. I think something like the 15th or the 18th. Anyway, th there's, there's going to be a trade window opening within the MLS. Um, and as teams have been, you know, getting bounced from 
the MLS Cup, they've been releasing their uh, their options list, you know, which, which players they're bringing back and which players they're releasing. And there have been some very interesting and entertaining names that I think are worth of discussing just for just for humor's sake, if nothing else. So the first one we already kind of mentioned from LAFC, uh, Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, yeah. You know, 35. But even at 35, he was he, he had more goals than any of RSL's strikers in the year. Well, so pretty low, low right. bar there, but yeah. Yeah, so so kind of kind of worth looking at. But a name that actually it, it kind of got me wondering what if and I you know, I posted this on on Twitter and, and the Facebook page was our friend Dom Dwyer from Orlando. <laughs> so, he's a little too young for us as far as strikers go. He's 30. Um, is that all he is? That's he's he's a pretty young dude. Um there's obviously, you know, you'd have to have Dom Dwyer on your team. And like, there is all that history. And let's be really clear. He's a dirty player. He's also coming off of an injury. That's why he didn't play with Orlando. But I I would be lying if I wasn't a little bit interested. Well, listen. Both of those players you just mentioned, Wright Phillips and Dwyer, would be... Let me ask. Let me reverse the question on you and just assume they're healthy yeah do we currently on our roster have a more prolific goal scorer than either of those guys well i mean dom dwyer's been out for most of the year so i haven't seen i mean healthy they're yeah. both injury prone i'm talking healthy well i mean bradley wright phillips is is ready to go like the dudes sign him up yeah. um you're saying well, like I said, it, he's five but he's got a couple of years in him Right. Let, let, let me put it like this. I think both of those guys would make a bigger impact in 2021 if they were signed than Rossi had in 2020. Well, yeah, so would I, <laughs> literally, right? I'm out of shape. I run three miles and I can't breathe. But I would have a bigger impact on this team than Rossi because I would at least play through injuries, right? So, right, Phillips, I would sign up in a heartbeat, in an absolute heartbeat. I know the dude's up there. But oh my god, that all that that guy that guy can do one thing and one thing only. Score goals. Right. Right. In a heartbeat I would sign him up. Now, Dwyer. Yeah. I mean, he's in my top like three to five players most hated of all times right and everyone earns their keep on that list yeah yeah no one's there like accidentally no no mm-hmm. one's like oh he had he he kind of had an attitude this one time it's like years yeah. of consistent douchebaggery gets you on and in many list. cases across multiple teams right yeah and having said that i still cite him Right? Yeah. I, I kind of felt dirty like when I even just put the post up. But he's 30 years old. He's he's like pretty decent. He's he's good at what he does. And I think most importantly, he's got something to prove. Yeah. Um obviously I think with him it's one of those things where so I can look at this objectively and be like, 
hey, buddy, you're not worth what you think you're worth anymore. I don't get the sense that with either of those guys that we just mentioned, that they've quite realized what stage of their careers they're in. You know, like, like I don't think Dwyer... What's he, what's he going for? I mean, the problem is we haven't had like a, a, a players union salary release uh, for 2020, and it's, it's not going right. to happen. Um, but I, I mean, I feel like even... Well, so when Orlando signed him, they paid like the... Um, uh, they they paid like what was at the time, and I think still might be the record uh, TAM or or GAM or whatever it was. It was like one point six million to uh, SKC. Yeah, to to sign him. Sold at the right time, didn't they? Absolutely. I th- I would imagine he's somewhere around the six hundred thousand dollar mark. Oh, in, really? You think that's it? In in twenty seventeen, it looks like it was. Uh, just over half a mil. I would imagine. Oh, I'd have him in a heartbeat. I was thinking a couple of million. All right, let me, I gotta find out. I'm gonna look up the. All right, you do that. But the, the player meantime, salaries. Yeah. Um, look, man, I hate. <laughs> I don't like Don Dwyer. Never liked him. Obviously, goes back back to the SKC days. Obviously, goes back to like like I was saying, the multiple teams, the attitude. I think there was some shit talk to the fans i know we never liked him as a fan base didn't like his wife come over with the royals when they first got him yeah yeah so she was on the kansas team he moved yeah yeah it it was it wasn't even up for discussion it was like she was never gonna play here and you know yeah she's a good player she's a very good player um so i was way off hmm so as of 2019, specifically September of 2019, so these are all 2019 salaries, mm-hmm. uh, Dom Dwyer's guaranteed compensation, according to the uh, Major League Soccer Players Union or Players Association, was 1.5 mil. Okay. That makes more sense. That's what right. I thought it would be at. So I, I'm just saying if dude's ready to take like a $1.1 million pay cut, I'd sign him. Yeah, I'd give him a mil. You give him a mil, mm-hmm. he'd be like the f- third highest player on the team. Yeah. At that point, just go get a real striker. Well, if he's healthy, I'd give him a mil. I, I don't think you can get a better striker for less than a mil, at least not a more proven striker. Again, if healthy, I don't want another Rossi situation, right? Having said that, I'd, I'd give Wright Phillips that same money. Right. That same position. So... Bradley Wright Phillips. Once again, this is all 2019. So these guys were coming at the, the tail end didn't of. Come down the year after. Well, well, Wright. No, Phillips they would have for Wright, Wright Phillips. They definitely came down. What was his? One point three guaranteed. Almost one point. Almost one point four. There's no way I'm giving thirty five year old one point three mil for a couple of years at number nine. Absolutely, absolutely not. That's that's I'll, insane. I'll, we'll start Rushnak next summer for a good chunk. So right after his Euro performance, right? Heck yes, hell yeah! I would give you. You telling me that Bradley Wright Phillips is not worth a mil in a league where Albert Rushnak is worth two point one? Albert Rushnak has the benefit of being on the right side of thirty. That's worth something. If I'm paying for two years, I don't care. I don't care what, that he's got a five-year future. I need something this year, right? 
and Albert has not produced in quite a while. There is no scenario where if I'm the GM, I'm giving Bradley Wright Phillips north of a million dollars. Absolutely not. I, LAFC isn't paying him a million right now. I'd give him a mil. You're insane. I am really glad you're not the GM. Oh, if I was the GM, we we'd, we'd, we would have been in the cup for the past seven years and won six of them. I thought right? Elliot and was a bad GM, time. but you'd be a bad GM. A mil easy. You're, you, we would be out of money. You would literally solve the biggest. No, we wouldn't be out of money. We'd be a net positive. I'd be selling Albert for way more than that and dropping two mil off my roster. So I just saved a mil on my roster and made a bunch of transfer dollars, right? Right, because we don't need attacking midfielders at all. We need a number nine way more. Well, no. we need more attacking midfielders. We need a number nine badly, but we still need a DP level attacking midfielder. Yeah, it would be nice to have one. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not wrong there, man. Okay. Got 2020. So, I feel so bad for like the average listener of this podcast. <laughs> like like we're we're just dead inside and we're making we're trying to cover it up with humor, but it's so hard. Like <laughs> it, my spirit so has just taken a beating in the last six months. Yeah, but hey, man, how do you make diamonds? Uh, pressure and heat, I hear. There you go. So there's been a lot of pressure. I'm not sure about the heat yet. Anyways, I'll I do it in a heartbeat. I'll do it in a heartbeat. And if I'm a fan and, and Elliot, and let's go into Elliot for just a second here. Elliot Hold goes on. off and does this. Right. I'd be like, hell yeah. I just asked you to do this for the past five years. We need number nine. We need number nine. We need number nine. You go out and get us literally the most prolific number nine in the league currently. Unless I'm, am I missing anyone? I mean, how much is Joseph Martinez getting paid these days? It can't be that much more, right? Okay, it's three. It, it's, okay, it's I was going to say it's not that much more, but yeah. it's three yeah. times more. It, and, it's a healthy chunk. And let me ask you this question. 700k versus a mil big difference like who cares at the end of the day uh, well i mean you have to remember you, you're not getting anyone for free right so it's not like your options are not zero dollars or one million dollars right sure. your options are like 500k 700k or like a mil well, i mean right? there so are there are numbers between those numbers that you just listed let's just be really you know clear right on that. And you know what those numbers are Ninth, tenth, and eleventh <laughs> position in the West. That's what those numbers are. Uh, you're not wrong there. Um, <laughs> now that I have won this debate, what else do you have to add to this? So the one free agent that, and I'm, I want to time box this as far as 2021 is concerned because I don't think we're going to be competitive. But the one guy I'm cool with paying any amount for is uh, the wrong Beasler. A certain Nick Beasler's older brother, if I remember correctly, uh, Matt Beasler, uh, was did not have his uh, contract renewed or picked up by Sporting Kansas City. Um, and let me be really clear: the only reason I want that guy, it, it's I mean, a I think he's a capable defender, but he is also he's a Kansas City legend. Like they worship that guy. And if we could have him for maybe like two years that I think if we're going to be really, I, I posted this on Twitter, actually, uh, 
that clearly aren't going to be competitive for us. I think we're all going to be honest with each other. And at the same time, ruin Kansas City's memory of this guy. That's a win in my book. <laughs> that's that's I can sleep soundly at night right, knowing I've ruined I his legacy. I, I was, I was, as you were talking, building up to that finale, mm-hmm. I was thinking, man, that stout you're drinking must be strong. Because that older Beasler on our team would make as much sense as like someone signing Kyle Beckerman right now. Right. Right. It's clearly a petty move. And I'm okay <laughs> with that. But then you, you finished on a high note. Yeah. You know what? New GM. You want to make us all very, very proud of you on day one? Not new GM. Did I get ahead of myself? New there? owner. New owner. Yeah. Get the older Beasler. <laughs> right. And literally, that dude will play two games a year. Right. <laughs> and each time it'll be 15 to 30 minutes and it'll be against Kansas City. Right. And we'll make him captain. Yes. Oh, that'd be so good. Absolutely. We'll put, yeah. the, we'll, put, we'll put him on the promotional posters. <laughs> right. He's on the, the t- he's on the back app. of the ticket stub. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that is worth some dollars. I mean, could that potentially be the biggest win we as an organization get over the next two to three years? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I think <laughs> order of order of wins. Keep the team in Utah, obviously the priority. Sign Matt Beasler. Forget it. Sign him to a two-day contract or to two one-day contracts. And and just, just pay an exorbitant. Like, he's got to have an amount where he'll say yes. Yeah. And and just have fun with it. You know, you put it in all the promotional videos. You And then we'll always have that. You have, like, a T-shirt that's, like, a specialty T-shirt for that day. And just, just go nuts with it. You absolutely make him captain. I hadn't thought of that. Um, if by some miracle we get a PK, he's taking it. Don't care oh. if he misses. Yeah. Um, if they get a PK, he's going to be in goal. <laughs> right. Just just make it hurt uh, as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah, I would put it in the contract. And if he does like a ceremonial goodbye round, if we're playing there, he has to wear an RSL jersey. Like, you can't take it off. Otherwise, the whole money on the contract goes away. Right, right. Has That's to, worth a million dollars. Has so to be in full I'll, kit. I'll take it back. Bradley Wright Phillips or that for a million? I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's worth right. it. We're, right we're there. not winning a damn thing anyways, so we might as well go that route. Right, just just be the biggest jerks in the league. Ah, oh, so good for it. There you go. Yeah, that's yeah. That should be. We should come up with another like a as a supporter shield. We should come up with like the douche shield, <laughs> and give it to ourselves over here. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'll bet you there are groups deserving it more than we are. I mean, it's not Seattle because they invented soccer. I'm not sure if you heard, but I, uh, I'm cool with them winning. I'm cool with them winning MLS Cup as long as they never win a supporter shield again. All right, let's that, get into that for a second, man, because I want to finish on the Elliott interview. Oh, you want to talk about the MLS Cup? <laughs> let's talk about the MLS Cup. Columbus, talk, Seattle. It's going to be a good one. I think so, too. I it's do a think. damn shame. An absolute damn shame. There's no, you know, people watching. Not watching, but in the stadiums. Because mm-hmm. can yeah, you that, that comeback? Oh. Yeah. 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 That... 
that was insane. Um, and 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 I think you and I were talking the whole time. We were. And Seattle was down two zero. Pretty late into the game, I think. If we're going to be honest, eightieth. Yeah, if not the eightieth, very close to. Um, no, it was like eightieth. It was they were still down by a goal in in like the ninetieth or close to the ninetieth. If only there was a device where we can Google. Oh, I was just about to do a little bit of <laughs> actual minutes, but all three goals came in like the last ten minutes plus a little bit of stoppage time. Seattle, we're talking about the Seattle versus Minnesota Western Conference Finals in Seattle. I do not like the Seattle Sounders. I don't like the Minnesota Ducks. Ducks. <laughs> um, the Minnesota Quacks, either. Right. And and this this is this is how you start hating teams. Like, I've just I, I never feel good playing them. I don't know why. Well, I know why. We never had good luck with it. Right, they beat us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but S- Seattle, I was listening to one of the sportscasters. I can't remember which one. And he made a really good point. He said, Seattle is the ultimate dynasty in MLS. They're right. better than like the, the galaxy from the whatever, late 90s, early 00s. Right. Right. Or DC United or any of those because – They've been doing it for longer, consistently. You have to remember they've been—they made the playoffs every single year. They've been in the club, in the in the league. They won what three of the last cups? Two. No, they were in the four of the last five finals. They Is were that four what? in the last five finals, and they have no. two MLS cups. And then, <laughs> then, like you said, lots of supporters shields. I think just they, the one supporters shield. They're 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 oh, it was it was the U.S. Open cups. They have a yeah, bunch of a US couple Open of U.S. Cups. Open cups, yeah. They're a good club. Yeah. Right. yeah. And it showed. And that's why I think we were, we were texting. I was like, yeah, I, I don't see this. This, this game's not over. To be able, yeah. I didn't think they are going to win it. I thought they were going to take it to, to extra time, right? And let's face it. They should have had a penalty. They hit the woodwork twice. Yep. Right? But they just looked kind of like, yeah, okay, we're cool. Right. Just keep yeah. going. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a classic case of uh, just to be clear, Will Bruin scored in the seventy fifth minute. That was her first goal. He had just come in, right? Yeah, it was like his like first touch of the ball, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I I think it speaks to that that very important element of uh, been there, done that. Yeah. Like I I think two down or yeah two nil in let's be clear the seventieth minute. And I am still very confident in saying that every single Sounders on that team believe that they were going to win that game. Like, well, like if two they nil, did, they made it look like they did. Right. It, it. It's. I think it speaks to just the quality of of some of those really key signings. Um, it also helps to have three really, 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 really good DPS. Like. Um, yeah, but they, like you said, the quality of those signings. Who's their GM? Yeah, just a just an unknown guy by the name of uh, Garth Loggerway. Yeah, no. I know you're joking, but you know there might be people who don't actually know. Yeah, him. yeah, just just for for the one or two. Like, I feel like if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know who Garth Loggerway is. But in case you don't, um, he was what I personally consider to be the best front office in Major League Soccer when he was at Real Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, he was our GM up until what 2013 was his final year. I can't remember. Yeah, but yeah, early teens. Um, and then it was yeah, one of the early DLH departures. Right. Um, yeah, guy left uh, for uh, for Seattle, um, and he's their GM currently. And whatever he's doing up there seems to be working. Nope, the same Brilliant thing he's doing here. He won us a cup, and then he kept us the top team in the league without winning anything for the next like four years. So yeah. Yeah. He, he does it consistently enough that it's clearly not a fluke. Right. Um, but yeah, dude is, uh, so who do you got? Who do you get in the MLS cup? So, so I think the one X factor here and is I'm, the... I'm, I'm setting you up to talk about your bracket. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll definitely bring up the bracket. Um, so I think the X factor here is going to be that the fact that Seattle hosted, I believe, all of their games in the final thus far. And for the first time in their run, they will be traveling away. Um, so I think I'm that could kind of throw them off their groove. But I also think there's so much just talent there that I would be shocked if after 90 minutes they don't have a third MLS Cup. That's that's my current prediction. Yeah. Listen, man. Mm-hmm. The last time I prayed, I'm pretty sure there was a pregnancy test involved. Ayo. <laughs> that Columbus beat Seattle. All right. But there's nothing but that. It's a prayer. I think right. Seattle wins this game. And, and you know what? Just adds more friggin' talking points. And now they finally had to travel away from Seattle. You know right. what I mean? And and Columbus is winning, and they have never done this before. The talking points, man, they're just all over the place. Too good of a team. I hate them, but they're good. Right. You got to respect them. You got to respect what, what they've built up there, which makes me hate them even more. Yes. It just makes me want to beat them even more. And jealousy of their them. success, which is yes. very normal. Absolutely. I'm absolutely jealous of their success. Um, it is. And I'm like, if, if I'm playing for RSL or anyone in this case, I'm like, I don't know. I have the mentality of like, I'll, I'll break you or something. How, how, like, why do I let these guys, how do I share, how do I take on that mentality of just, I'm just going to break you? I'm just, you know what I mean? And honestly, I haven't watched it. I'm not even talking talking about soccer i have not watched enough columbus this year to be able to intelligently talk seattle versus columbus right mm-hmm. on the pitch sure but i have watched enough i've probably watched five or six games you know the mls back is tournament and i know Zardes and all you know they're good i've watched yeah. a lot of highlights they look good they look like they're putting themselves together real nice i'm hoping rsl is the new Columbus crew in a couple of years. Remember, Columbus was close to where we were uh, not that long ago, a couple of years ago, right? Right. Actually, way more uncertain future because they were about to be sold. We talked about that earlier. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, all right. Yep. And I don't know. I, I kind of had hopes that RSL was going to have one of those like a few years. Yeah, we just come back. Yeah, and it totally looked like they might have a chance at that right after that Corona Cup tournament. Yeah. Right? But that lasted for what? Yeah, a week and a half? Basically, that LAFC game was like, oh, yeah, we're 
we've got hope. Cup. Yeah, and then and then it's just the cup, man. We're winning the Champions League next year. Right. Then we're gonna go off to to Tokyo and Japan, and we're gonna play Barcelona in the Club World Cup. Like that's what went through my mind after we scored that third goal against LAFC. Right. Um. I mean, basically for me, I remember that Colorado game, and then everything after that Colorado game was just like this long, oh, yeah. hopeless blur of a season. You know, I still take either the L on that or I'm very fortunate because I didn't watch that game. No, I was driving. Oh, I was yeah. rushing to catch some of the game and you kept oh. updating me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to slow down. Not worth a speeding ticket. <laughs> that was that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was it. That was a turning point. And Colorado can forever brag about that game. And I bet you they will. I, I, I can just see it two years from now in Colorado or they're coming here. And uh, like fans are back in the stadium because everyone got the corona, whatever, vaccine. And there's a TIFO of. Yeah, the scoreline or something. And the date. Yeah. Remember, we had to remember, remember the 5th of November or something. Yeah. Yep. Or was it the 7th of November? Yeah, I can totally see them do that because they, they, they screwed us up. That's it. That was it. That was a, that was a tipping point. Yeah, I mean, their social media, like, for, like, the week after was, like, as if they had won the MLS Cup. Like, it, that was all they talked about. Um, in their defense, it was a great win on their part. Um, but, yeah, back back to the MLS Cup. Would be shocked if Seattle uh, don't win. And uh, l- let me put it like this. I kind of know a thing or two that I'm, what I'm talking about because uh, what you alluded to earlier – the uh, MLSsoccer.com having a little bra- they're having a bracket challenge. You might have heard about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and currently, the overall group, so everyone that fill out a bracket is in this thing, has something like uh, fifteen thousand, just over fifteen thousand uh, entries. Mm-hmm. And uh, your boys ranked thirty third. So mm-hmm. that's uh, you know, it, it's definitely there's there's some expertise in play. You know. Um, the the fact that Real Salt Lake isn't in the playoffs allows me to just use my gut uh, and and just go with with what I think is actually going to happen instead of filling out a bracket with my heart where I have Real Salt Lake making it for up through like three rounds, um, which you know let's be honest hasn't happened in a while. So yeah, thirty third out of fifteen thousand, not a big deal. Mm. But. If you want to ask, just, me, you want to ask just, me things, let me know. I don't. I don't want to meet the other fourteen thousand nine hundred and seventy people. I mean, I'm pretty sure you're in that group. <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking about. Well, the statement stands. Okay. I'm just saying, if Seattle win, and hopefully they win, uh, you'll 32. be the top thirty-two because it's you. And 31 other people that are either from Seattle or Seattle fanboys. Hey, uh, you, you want to hear a joke? What? What's the best way to confuse a Seattle fan? I mean, I, it's, this isn't, I know what you're doing. Okay, what's the best way to confuse a Seattle fan? I don't know. Ask him for directions in Seattle. Right. It's actually, I'm not here to defend them. They support their sports teams very well up here. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's it's pretty cool to see. Yep, remember when they lost the uh, SuperSonics to yeah. Oklahoma? That's insane. 
I still can't believe that happened. Yeah, that's one of the dumbest moves. I can't believe the NBA let that happen. Right, this is not that podcast. Yeah, but again, I really, really hope Columbus wins it because I can't stand Seattle. But I I couldn't stand Minnesota. So even if Minnesota had moved on, I would have still rooted for, for Columbus. Actually, I can't think of a Western Conference team that I would not that I would root for over any Eastern Conference team. Minus, oh, really? minus, well, hold on, minus NYCFC. Right. Definitely Atlanta. like Miami. Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. I mean, right after NYCFC would be Atlanta. Actually, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a tight, that's a close one. No, dude, <laughs> I would. It's such a close one. Um, I, I don't want root- David Beckham to ever win anything in the MLS. Right. Like at some point, I don't want you to win a life anymore. All right. <laughs> you've, you've had enough success. <laughs> that's that's enough. Share some. Right. Christ's sake. Your soccer career, you're an underwear model, you married a spice girl, right? At some point, I'm asking questions like what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was gonna tee it off with like what do you want? What do you really, really want? But never mind. Uh, yeah, before your generation. Um, I'm, I'm afraid of the Spice Girls. Yeah. yeah. So anyways. All right, man. Let's move on to one last talking point. And we're going to spend a couple of minutes here. I know there was an interview with Elliot. Uh, Fall. Elliot Fall. Yeah. Man, it's getting late. Um, I did not listen to it. But I'm making it a point, as I promised you earlier, to listen to it. And it was uh, an interview on, our, uh, on the podcast of our very good friends, which we have never met that I know of. Uh, the RSL no, show. We've we might have, we meet a lot of people. Right? We do so, meet a lot of people. We have not met those guys. Uh, but we haven't uh, met any people in quite a while. We, yeah, I haven't, I haven't met anybody yet in a hot minute. Um, yeah, so what, he, before we get into that, uh-huh. that's a really good, like, when was the last time you met a new person? Like, in person? Yeah, yeah well, yeah. I mean. What, what are you, like, platonic websites where you just search for friends well like my work like hires oh, okay well people no, and like i meet count. them on no, zoom not, not, not people who are paid to talk with you dude that, that's like four people left like in the world <laughs> so it, it, years it's been years since you know everyone that interacts with me is paid to do so at this point okay um, I, just, I, I just forget about that concept. Like, I, I don't know the last time I met someone in person for the first time and, like, talked to them. I'm right, not talking yeah. about 7-Eleven attendance. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about, like, the store and stuff, but, like, that doesn't yeah. count because that's literally, like, yeah, I'm wearing a great. mask and I'm in and out. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, that I hadn't thought about that, but you might be onto something there. No one is talking about that. The post-pandemic, like, remember how to meet people again? That'll be fun. Anyways, talk. talk. Um, no, my brain works by now. So yeah, I don't. I'm. It's late. I'm tired. This stout is heavy. Um. Yeah. So so our GM, our fearless leader, the buck stops here. He did a did an interview, and he also did the Q and A on the actual on the RSL.com. Um. And you know this was post. Royals being gone, right? Like this interview was pretty recent. It was earlier this this week, I want to say. Um, and 
you know, no disrespect here to those guys, but like they treated it as if it was like any other year. Like the dude was talking about, you know, like, oh, I'm really disappointed in the year we had as if like the only thing worth discussing are the results. Like, like if this whole ownership thing, like, like he, he kept going on about, you know, like, like some losing some of the academy signings and some guys not getting their minutes and some roster choices. And it's like, that's all, you know, fine and dandy, but our house is on fire. Like, mm-hmm. can we address this? In, like, I understand that you're not on the selling side and you have very little to do with it, but like at some point this should be discussed like at length, like, you know, th- there's a not zero percent chance that we lose our team next year. Like, it it kind of worried me, and and it got me thinking, you know, about Elliot's kind of tenure and and the environment in which he became GM, and you know, his level of expertise. And like, I I sometimes I like to give I like to give GMs and coaches the benefit of the doubt and like give them some time to like grow into the role and, and really make it their own. But like if Elliot, if our GM was some like grizzled veteran veteran of the league and had been doing this for like years and years and years and was like super experienced, I would be worried because we are, I think the decisions and choices that our organization makes now will have impacts, massive impacts for the organization for like five years. Mm-hmm. And we've got a guy who, Let's be really, really, really clear here. This was his first year as GM of, of a of a soccer franchise in Major League Soccer. He he's done a bunch of other stuff, but he's never been GM. And he can sit here and he can talk about, yeah, I learned from Garth and I learned from Craig Weibel and you know, I've got all this experience indirectly. But like there's a difference between being the guy in the room and being the guy making the decisions. And, and I gotta be honest with you, I'm looking at twenty twenty and it's like some of those dudes that you brought in didn't really pan out. And I can forgive some of the on-field stuff. Like, 2020 was a weird year. Not all of it is on you. But our organization in the office is hemorrhaging talent. There, There's a bunch of staff that still aren't, like, uh, 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 Andy Williams, our RSL's head scout at one point, still hasn't returned to the organization. Um, that worries me. The guy that was doing the scouting, I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, he, he was signed on as like the third goalie at one point and got injured and they gave him a job at the head office. He's moved on and is a player agent now. To me, organizations that are hemorrhaging talent on the office side, that's indicative of a culture problem. Um, and, and I'm just like, I, I gotta be honest at this point, one of the first things I want the new ownership to do is clean house. And that includes the GM. Like I'm, I'm officially done with it, man. Already. Yeah, dude. I I just can't anymore. Like, like he's talking about it as if we were five-year-olds, like things are really, really, really bad. And we're all aware of it. And you somehow refuse to address it. Mm. It's insane. Right. It's insane. Like, so either he's just ignoring it and he's hoping that like, we can just like, notch it up to like a very disappointing year as he likes to put it or he's actually unaware of the larger things going on i mean come on man people can't 
I always try, like to give people benefit benefit of the doubt. You can't be dumb to get to that position at that age, especially, right? So he, he obviously is putting on a PR stunt. He's obviously, and I haven't even listened to this interview, but it sounds like I don't want to, to be honest with you. And he's obviously been well coached by the PR team. He's clearly confused what his future holds, right? But at the same time, he's treating us all like idiots. I'm a huge proponent and believer in, don't bullshit me, man. I, uh, a senior leader in my in my, my current organization has a saying that I repeat all the time. She says always the same thing. Bad news does not get better with time, right? It can get better with time because of certain things that you do. It doesn't get better with time. It gets worse with time, especially when you have deadlines and timelines and such. I mean, what you're describing is like, uh, uh, we're looking at Wolverine with his claws out, and he's telling us that, yeah, he could trim his beard a little bit. What about the claws? I mean, that you know was, what I mean? That was a, I, I do. That was a really like you, your analogies are getting real weird. One. Also, I, I like I like the correct things when I learned them. Uh, the goalie that is now a player agent is Alex Horwath. Oh yeah, him. Yep, I met him. Nice guy. Yeah. Anyway, if you ever need an agent, yeah, <laughs> Nordic sky Speaking of agents, for that, all your that, soccer that, agent did needs. That, did I tell you the one time I met uh, Brian um, Dunseth? Dunseth. I feel, yeah, he was like a real estate agent. At one point. Real estate. He was trying to sell me a house in Sugar House in like 09, 08, something like that. Real talk, real story. Couldn't remember who he was, even though that's the guy that scored the first goal at home for RSL. And uh, Rice Eccles against Colorado, diving header. Boom, there's that. All right, man, I'm not going to listen to this Elliot interview, but it sounds to me like you were down with Elliot. No, screw it. Of course, I'm going to listen to the interview. I need some go-to-sleep talk or listening tonight. But it's just, yeah, it's sad, man. Like, this is, we need some grown-ups and some realists and some, like, ass-kickers in the room. <laughs> Let me say this for the third podcast in a row. Stop. You know, no. You know, Stop. You know, you know who would be really good right now? We don't need Mike Petke back. That's, that's the last thing this organization, Not like, the, the last thing we need. A Mike Petke is a no, no. I need calm heads with like a strategic five year vision. I need like hyper intelligent analysts making really like well informed, data driven decisions. Uh I don't want anyone shooting from the hip. I don't need anyone writing. And then we'll be watching the Las Vegas Royals next year. No, no, that's no. If we bring Mike Petke into this, that's how we end up watching the Las Vegas. So just to make sure. I'm not saying bring Mike Petke back. What I'm saying is we should have never gotten rid of Mike Petke. No, no, we def. You well, can't be writing notes. Never you gotten, can't be writing getting rid of Mike Petke. That's but insane. I'm saying, more, you can't be writing notes to coaches and then having those notes delivered to their locker room. Yeah, like come on, man, come on. You should come. be punished for that. As he and he was, and it was the not it was with it, your job. Yes, definitely with his job. So difference of opinions. But like, I'd like a realist or someone who's going to step up and actually tell me what's happening. You know what I mean? And it sounds like Elliot didn't do that. But I am not disappointed with his off-season moves 20 to 21. I mean, 20, 19 to 20. Really? 
he was a look. I'm not happy with him because yeah, we had exactly one DP he, who put together three goals and two assists. So gambled. all right, he gambled. He totally he took a gamble on Rossi, right? Uh, I'm not sure what the hell he was doing. Well, he had no say in Sam Johnson, right? That was already on the books. That's more of a coaching issue there. I mean, look, he Jason. Took a little, yeah, Jason was his guy. He, well, uh, Merrim was his guy, right? Yeah. That was a pretty good. That was a good move. Pretty good move. Here's how I view Merrim. He was the best option on a very limited bad option team. Right. I I think if we were actually competitive this year, it it goes back to Yura. Yura was a was the best player on a really bad team. That would be a guy we could use. We could have used last couple of years. <laughs> just just bring all bring back all the old gems. <laughs> I mean, I mean isn't isn't um um Sabo still scoring down south? He is. He recently had a Champions League game. Yeah. As crazy as that uh, sounds, so um, there's it's like that. a group game. But yeah. So yeah, no. I, look, I'm not. I'm not mad at him. Just to be clear, look, difficult situations and difficult times call for leaders to step up. This is one of those times. I would agree with you. Good leadership would be really nice right now. Yeah. And it's literally a vacuum. Was it last week or two weeks ago? I was just ripping on Carl Beckerman. <laughs> yeah, that was last week. Still can't right? believe that happened. I mean, how about some leadership, man? <laughs> how about... Okay, isn't what did did Kyle Beckerman like cut you off in traffic or something, man? No, you keep going back to this one guy who technically isn't even on the team right now. Because when I think of RSL right now, forget contracts. I think who's the face of RSL, right? The reason I keep bringing Mike Petke up is because if Mike Petke was the coach, he would be the face of the team because that's the character he has. His replacement. Freddie, love you. Seems like a nice guy, right? Right. Not, I, I don't think Freddie Juarez when I think RSL. Yeah, he's not like I, once more I, into the breach, dear friends. Like he's not, you know, like that's just not his style. He, he's skating on thin ice. Like, like of course, he's, that, that's his character, right? Um, when I think RSL, I think Carl Beckerman. Right? So oh, when I'm looking for leadership... It's not going to be the owner. <laughs> Based on what you just told me, it's clearly not the GM, right? Right, but it should be the GM. Like, it like be. he's he's the like that's it for me. Like, well, did there's... we not just find a much bigger problem here? Well, this yeah, team I mean, has no all, we, all we have this is problems. no leadership. So, so you mentioned this name a few times, and this is this is going to be a nice way to actually end the podcast because we're at an hour and a half. So Major League Soccer, they did a thing today where they released the 25 greatest players of all time because it's the the 25-year anniversary. Um, And a few notable names on our side of things. Nick Romando, of course. Mm -hmm. Kyle Beckerman, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, one Eddie Pope, who finished his playing career. 
Yeah, this uh, is at least before, the Major League Soccer here. This is before your generation, huh? 2005, 2007. So not exactly RSL's golden years, but uh, nonetheless, uh, he was one of the three RSL-affiliated players on that list, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, did Clint, Clint Mathis didn't make that list? Uh, he did not. Neither did Javier Morales. A few people took exception to that. Do you want me just to go through the list real quick? It's off. Go, go. Yeah, I, 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 let me guess. I, I have. Let me. Uh, I know our three, right? Obviously, I saw that. Right. Let me guess. The top five. So they didn't rank the top five. They, they, they it, and I actually thought this was kind of cool. They said all of these players are, they are literally the greatest, and they are all. Num like they're all on equal footing. That's stupid. Okay, no, they rank but... them alphabetically. It's cool. I like it. But yes, give me the five that you know are on the list. Landon Donovan. Hold on. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's on there. Okay. I just want to find the other ones. Look, yes. These are not players that were actually retired, right? or do they have to be retired? Right no, now? Kyle Beckerman's still active. Right. That's what I'm. Okay. That's that's well according to what you just yes said a minute ago. No, it's not. When this was put together, he was still active. Yes, okay, Landon so Donovan's on there. We're just talking the greatest 25 players in MLS. History, yes. And you already told me Clint Mathis is not on there? Huh. All right. Bradley Wright Phillips. Um, yeah, he's on there. Yeah. Um, um, uh, what the hell is his name from um, uh, Howard? Timmy Howard? Timmy Howard? No. No Timmy really? Howard. Really? No. Timmy Howard is not on there. No. All right. Stephen Fry? Uh, no. Clint Dempsey? Clint Dempsey is on the list. Okay. So you're not Stephen very good Fry at this. Is I, not thought on you, there? I thought you'd be way better at this. Stephen no. Fry? No. Come on, man. I mean, obviously, Kyle Beckham and Nick Romando. And you just right. told me. And Clint Mathis is not on there? Mm -mm. All right, no. Tell me the list. Now I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming there's like, what's his right. name from right. uh, ESPN? Um, the commentator guy. I forgot his name. You got to like, you got to think of like 2005 era I, I like Metro stars here. I All right. So Metro alphabetical, stars, keep that in mind. 2005, just so you know. Uh, Jeff... Uh, Agos, Agus, I don't really know how to say that to be totally honest with you. Mm. In my defense, I was 11. Uh, Kyle Beckerman, David Beckham. Uh, uh, David Beckham. Yeah, come on. How'd you miss that one? That one's a gimme. Well, no, I mean, that was just one of those like, well, clearly big name David Beckham, but he wasn't around for long enough to be top 25. That's why I said Timmy Howard. When no. you said not Timmy Howard, I was like, okay, not David Beckham either. Definitely right, David Beckham. Uh, Carlos Bocanegra. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, He's the Dwayne De Rosario. Uh, analyst right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne De Rosario, Clint Dempsey, Landon yeah. Donovan, okay. uh, Marco Echeverri, I don't, midfielder, DC United, uh -huh. 96 to 2003. <laughs> um, well, my time too. Robin Frazier. Yep. Sebastian Giovinco. Wait, Robin Frazier was with us too? Nope. Oh, as a coach. He was with us as a coach. Yes. Uh, Sebastian Giovinco. Really? No, come on. Don't say really. When the dude I'm was saying, here, here's the thing. Like, I hated him. But when the guy was here, he was clearly one of the best players in that position in the league. Right. So was Timmy Howard. 
No, dude, Timmy Howard was like past his prime his first year with Colorado. <laughs> that was a money grab. Whereas Sebastian Jovinko was like proper good. Don't uh, tell me Josie Altidore was on that list. Kevin Hartman, Kobe Jones, Robbie Keane. Robbie Keane is another one that I feel like was a gimme that you missed. Um, yeah, no, Robbie Keane was definitely that, like on my list of names I would have mentioned. R- Robbie Keane is probably one of the probably one of the best attackers this league has ever seen. Pretty sure he's still playing in like India or something. Last I heard, <laughs> like Calcutta City or something. I'm dead serious. Uh, Chad Marshall. Chad Marshall. No with, way. Yeah, with that dad strength. Um, here's one that kind of bothers me. Olave did not make that list. Olave did Marshall did. I I, I could right, see right, those two right, being interchangeable, right. but I can see why Chad Marshall is on this list. I can't. Over Olave. Here's the thing. Olave, part one, fantastic. Olave, part two, tire fire. Right? Like the most reds that year or something. Like the all-time leader in red cards. Reds. Chad Marshall was an integral part of like some really good Seattle Sounders teams. All right, go ahead, keep going. Here's the first one that I'm proper like this guy shouldn't be on this list. Joseph Martinez. Right. Yeah. Not long enough. Not long enough. Like you got that's got to count for something. Uh, Okay. Same. Same reasoning I had behind David Beckham. Yes. David Beckham played here for five years. Was it five years? Yeah. Well, he sucked like three of those five. So, (laughs) David Beckham never sucked. Um, Yeah, David Beckham totally sucked. He was not a good player when he was here. It was just a name. Now, having said that, I went to the stadium to watch him. So, because he was there. So, he had worked. David Beckham was never a good player in the MLS. He missed the penalty in the finals against us. If you yes, think he about did. It. So, yes, he did. So I appreciate David Beckham very much. Um, but, come on, Tony man. Meola. Who? Uh, Wizards, 99 to 2004. Okay, I was going to say. All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jaime Moreno. Oh, yeah. Eddie okay. Pope. Yep. Precky. Pre- Precky. Yeah. Mm, Precky. No, is that the okay? I don't know. The the, the Chicago? Yeah, no. Oh, never mind. Wizards and Fusion. Of course. Listen, yeah. there were like three clubs back then. So, uh, and yeah, like I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know all these guys. Uh, Steve yeah. Ralston. Uh-uh. Wall of the Wasatch. Nick Romando, one and only. Yep. Uh, Carlos Valdemera. Valderrama. Oh, sorry, Valderrama. Yeah, I forgot about him. Okay, uh, that one I'm embarrassed. I forgot about. Yeah, like I don't know the, if the hair alone. Good once he came over, but yeah, yeah. Let's let's be really, really clear. These guys were really good in the league that they were in at the time. Yeah, like let's be clear. You put this dude in the midfield like minutes. today yeah. in his prime, he would get yeah. wrecked. Yeah, no, I do. Rem- I remember Valderrama very well. Yeah, um, Diego Valeri. Okay, that's a good. Okay, that's yep. yeah. Can't go wrong there. I feel like the guy that convinced them to come to the league should at least be an honorable mention or something. Uh, Chris Wondolowski, Bradley Wright Phillips. That's that's the twenty five greatest MLS Chris players. Wando makes sense. Phillips makes sense. I can't speak to some of these like late nineties to early oh right right, right. Like, B- back when the PK shootout was like hockey style. 
which I actually like. I wish they would bring that back. I don't know, man. I it would be so. I could more. see some like that's a real quick way to end a career this day and age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's that. There's like that. a good old fashioned just two studded challenge in yeah. some dude's femur. Yeah, I mean that's uh, why people tune in. Do you ever tune in to NASCAR to watch like them go fast? No, dude, I'm all about them. that left turn. Against uh, the wall. Yeah. No, the the only one yeah, that I can actually yeah. speak to that I'm really disappointed in is is Joseph Martinez. Javier Morales deserves a spot over Joseph Martinez, or somebody on that list. Yeah, it, it's insane. That being said, I feel like they had to include an Atlanta player. I'm actually kind of shocked that Carlos Vela isn't on the list. To to be honest with you, if Joseph Martinez is on the list, right? Carlos Vela should be on that list. Hey, if you're gonna pander, pander all the way. Right. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. It's uh, yeah. No, it's not cool. No, no, the the list is cool. I know. Like, I'm glad they did it. Yeah, it's stupid. I don't like it. <laughs> well, it. you're an RSL fan. It's 2020. <laughs> there's really not a no, whole lot to listen, like. Listen, man, I'm not. I'm not yeah, there's that. I mean, talking about the RSL players, but like some of these dudes make no sense to me. Like you said, what you just said, that makes no sense to me. Even even from a from an RSL perspective, like. Eddie Pope is on that list, but but you got to remember it's for his collective body of work, not just yeah. his time at RSL. Right, right, right. But like, what about Jason Kreis? Isn't mm. he like still top three all times? He was like the first player to a hundred goals or something. He was he scored the first goal for the Dallas. It was called like the burn or something or fire. Yeah. yeah. And then the first goal for RSL, and then became a coach that won the first cup for our, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't get how they weigh these things. Um, or Clint Mathis. Clint Mathis was a way bigger name in RSL than, than Eddie Pope when he came over. Like, whereas it just doesn't, and then, I mean, forget about Javi. Look at Javi Mo. Don't forget about Javi Mo. But like one of the most prolific number tens the league has ever seen, right? And then a couple of years of uh, it doesn't make sense to me. It's stupid. I don't like it. I don't even think they have the top three on ML uh, RSL guys of all times on there. They have two. They have the top two. I don't think they're the top three. Well, right. I mean, there's nothing that says they have to have the top three of each team. It's just the top I know, but what I'm regardless like, of team. You, you know, they're like, hey, man, this guy's the best player in the league. And then someone says, no, he's actually not even the best player on this club. So how oh, can okay. he be the best player in the league? I got you. Eddie Pope so is not a top three. Like, I think Jason Kreis is better than Eddie Pope in general. Right. Overall, I, I right. think. Uh, but I would, I would say, yeah, I would agree with everything you're saying. But the reason he's on that list isn't because of his time at RSL. Right. No, so, so the years body of work. Right, and he had a very outstanding body of work before he joined RSL. So did Jason Christ. That's how he was like the first player to 100 goals or something. Right. Well, apparently the the people that put together the list think Pope well, had a more outstanding stupid. body of work. It, it can't just they're be all strikers, stupid. man. They also put Martinez. Well, right. All right, okay. I'm done. Eddie this Pope was is not even was... the greatest. Okay, we're an hour and 40 Pope, minutes Eddie in. Pope this was supposed to Eddie be a Pope nice is... light. Eddie Pope is not even the best defender in RSL history. 
in his position. Right, but stop framing it in RSL history. They don't well, care about their relationship to RSL. That's something we care about. You look at the accomplishments of Eddie Pope and then compare them to um, Javi, I mean, um, Olave. Uh, Olave. Okay. Do you, do you want me to do that right now? No, I don't want you to do that right now. But do it offline for your own conscience. No, I'm do doing it right now. Up. All right, do it right now. How many how many Defender of the Year awards did Olave have? Well, I can tell you that. One. How many teams has Eddie Pope coached? By the way, I love Eddie, Eddie Pope. Eddie Pope, just so we're clear, has won MLS Cup in 96, 97, 99. He's won Supporter Shields in 97, 99. He's won a U.S. Open Cup. clubs. What? There were like three clubs in the it league. It doesn't matter. They still won. U.S. Open Cup in 96. A CONCACAF Champions League in the old format, of course. 98. <laughs> Uh, it does not. He's happen. won a gold cup with the United States, MLS Best Eleven in '97, '98, 2003, and 2004. He won MLS right. Defender of the Year '97. Like the dude's accomplished, right? And I would agree. None of that is with RSL, but that doesn't change the fact that it's an accomplishment. It is an accomplishment, and yes, I drank a gallon of water yesterday. That is an accomplishment. <laughs> all Not right. all accomplishments are equal. Anyways, I know. Killing me, Eddie Pope. Congratulations, congratulations, all. I'm just, you know, okay. I'll take my my the silver lining. Please tell me I didn't screw up before I looked at the list. Zlatan didn't make that list, right? Zlatan did not make the list. That would make more sense than Martinez. All right, RSL Nation. We're an hour and 44 minutes in. I apologize. This was supposed to be a nice, light ending. Uh, fun it little. Is. And Adele's out here taking it personally for some reason. It doesn't uh, make any sense. Anyway, I think we're going we're gonna to call it a night here. Yeah, we are. I'm going to play uh, some extra music. I'm just going to hit. And have yourself a good night. Good night, Arsenal Nation. <laughs>